Hi guys, welcome back to Carol's Coffee House. I'm Sarah. I'm Laura. Today, we have a very special friend here with us to contribute to our conversation, our friend Jake. Say hi, Jake. Hello. It's hi good to you. be here. Special friend. Wow. I feel yes. so honored to be here. Absolutely. We're so yeah. glad to have you here today. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. So I'm having some more water. <laughs> You have some more water? Yeah. <laughs> I had water. I had water a moment ago. Oh. I'm trying to clean out my freezer because it's filled to the brim with stuff. So oh. um, oh. I had some frozen food for lunch. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> but you cooked it yeah. first, right? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't eat it like a popsicle or something like that. <laughs> so I have, I have my freezer is about half full and it's stuff. Like, I think that's stuff that's there from like, april oh wow because like we do use our fresh meat and like produce and then so there are like just like some like frozen like chicken like breaded chicken things but uh, i think tonight i'm making um some marinated pork tenderloin and i'm really excited that sounds good that sounds it's good. so good i can send you the recipe for your cooking show yeah oh thank you yes <laughs> more on that later <laughs> more on that later I made um I made chili last week and it's so good but it makes a lot and so I what I like to chili. do is I, I like to scoop it out into <clears throat> like freezer bags like freeze oh. them and then that way I can just pull one out and let it unthaw but it's like a single serving of chili that is so, so smart and I love that freezes. idea I yeah. love that I will never have to use that because I live with <laughs> I it's live super with five other people. Because I'm not a person who likes to eat. Like, I'm just one person. And so if mm. I make a big pot of chili, though, that feeds a lot of people. And yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a person who likes to eat leftovers for a whole week. So, and chili yeah, is really that. well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so, Sarah, did you have, have cinnamon rolls with your chili? Last week, I did, actually. For those who might not know about this glorious combination that Jake just referenced, I didn't know that other people didn't know about the chili and cinnamon roll thing. And here's the thing. You don't eat the, ch- the cinnamon roll with the chili. Like you don't, you're not dipping it in there. That's weird. Don't be like that. See, that's what I thought. Right. That's what but I thought it was. No, it's not. You just, it's an accompaniment because mm. the, the cinnamon and the mm-hmm. chili together as a pair, it pairs well. That's all. Like it's okay. just like, it's a nice Never- experience to eat together yeah i actually have another really good pairing that people might not expect i I got it from grade school oh boy is it pickles and peanut butter no because i don't eat pickles and they're (laughs) disgusting but okay so if you have a like a salad like in grade school on one of the days like we'd have salad for lunch and then we get our dessert would be a soft pretzel and i realized that and then we also have chocolate milk and i think that chocolate milk a soft pretzel and a salad with cheddar cheese an Italian dressing is such an amazing combination. It is so good. Yes. Interesting. The ah. chocolate milk is what's got me. <laughs> the chocolate milk like cuts That's through everything and like it's a palate cleanser. But you don't like dip them all together. You have them separately. Well, the, no, I'm not saying you're not. So you're good. not like throwing it all. No. You're not throwing it all in a blender and blending it. I get that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but um. I'm like I'm now having like just kind of dreaming about cinnamon rolls and chili and it sounds really good it's delicious it's really good apparently though it's only like very much a nebraska 
Iowa, Kansas, like that very middle of the country thing and everywhere else did not know. Like I had school lunches growing up, my school lunches, they would always serve chili with cinnamon rolls the same. I didn't have chili until I was an adult. Yeah. Like that, that was, that was actually a teenager. My grandma made it, but yeah, (laughs) I didn't know that the the world doesn't, doesn't all know about this, but it's delicious. (laughs) I have a question. So the cinnamon roll and chili combination and what drink accompanies it? Ooh, what drink? Mm -hmm. I mean like coffee and cinnamon rolls, but um, I already mentioned, I think once before that I put coffee in my chili. Yeah, Um, you did. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, that sounds, what? I mean, when I heard that Skyline put chocolate in their chili, I thought that was weird. She also put chocolate in her chili. So, Jake, chocolate last week, coffee. Jake, last week I talked about how I made chili one time and it had two <clears throat> things in it that were that were very different. Chocolate. So just, mm-hmm. a, just a little bit of semi-sweet chocolate and mm-hmm. coffee grounds. Oh my yeah. goodness. He's 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 just he doesn't know what to make of this, I don't think. I don't know <laughs> what to know. Oh, and you have to put nope. some sugar in with the coffee or else it'll be better. Yeah. So if you're gonna put the coffee grounds in, it's not a lot. It's just a little bit. Um <laughs> but yeah, if you do put the coffee not in any recipes from Sarah now. <laughs> write this down for the cooking show. <laughs> it was good chili, but I made it for a well, see, I like chili. I love I chili. I love yeah. chili. Except but I when I was chili. Do you make it with turkey? Yeah. Oh, that's well, what my ground, mom I does. do ground turkey and ground beef. <laughs> my mom makes chili with turkey, and I'm like, that's not really chili. But anyway. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I use really lean meat too. Well, yeah. Like if when I buy ground beef, I buy like the 93% lean. See, growing up when we had chili, we would, and I don't know why, because no one else I've ever met does this. We always had chili with rice. Is that something anybody's heard of? I tweeted something about what's the proper crunchy thing to serve with your chili. And a lot of people, especially in the Louisiana, it's a Southern thing, Louisiana area said, said rice. But that's not crunchy. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think they meant raw rice. I think it's, oh, but, okay. um, but yeah, well, you eat, that's a Southern, it's a Southern thing in very specific to that area. Well, that's odd. <laughs> well, then you have the, what is the, is it the Cincinnati style, I think, where they serve the chili over over pasta, over noodles? Yes. I had chili. My pastor made chili around Christmas time, and I managed to have to try it. And it had noodles in it. It almost looked like like the SpaghettiOs thing. Because okay. I looked at it, I'm like, this is chili? Why are, there's, why are there noodles in it? <laughs> yeah, it's like Cincinnati style. He's from Wisconsin. So I don't know why that, I don't know where oh. that came from. Yeah, I don't eat my chili with any carbs. Nothing, not even like Fritos? No, I don't. That's the proper crunchy item, let me tell you. And my stuffed peppers, I recently, because when I cut out carbs, I cut out putting rice into my peppers. Mm -hmm. And I was also trying to get my dad to go low carb, so I just like didn't tell him that there was no rice in there. But I started using cauliflower rice and like kind of like frying that up and then putting that into the the filling mix. And I also put cauliflower rice cauliflower into soups and trick my family into thinking that they're eating barley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just sitting here laughing that this is the second week in a row that 
chili has come up in our in our oh in our it came podcast. up last week too yeah we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe i'll make some chili one of these days i don't know i know it's on the brain i haven't made my own chili so i don't know oh. what i would put in it well maybe you need a recipe for chili that doesn't involve coffee <laughs> or chocolate <laughs> don't knock it till you try it i made, made it for a, i sometimes i used to before the pandemic i used to do um in the winter time i used to do <clears throat> super sundays and oh. i would make like a pot or two of a couple different kinds of soups mm-hmm. and then i would have my friends come over and eat mm-hmm. it with me and the first time i made the the chocolate and coffee chili Mm-hmm. Um, was for a super Sunday, and oh. there was nothing. It was gone. There was mm-hmm. nothing of that chili left. Wow. So. I like don't think of a chili as being a soup. It's not a soup. That is true, I guess. What, what, it, what, what is it? it it's, just, it's just chili. It's just its own well, category. See, then we get into the debate of is cereal a soup? Shh. Oh, gosh. This is a different <laughs> debate. <laughs> My host just said that chili is a stew. But I think that stew has flour in it for thickening. Yeah, you don't really like thicken gravy. it unless it Well, needs. I would agree with that because a recipe I'm going to be making for the cooking show, which again, mm-hmm. I will get to talking about later. Um, <laughs> it, uh, one of the recipes I'm making uh, is a beef stew mm-hmm. and there is flour. Yes. I make beef vegetable soup, um, mm-hmm. but I don't turn it into a stew because I don't want to. And because I'm following my grandmother's recipe, which my dad calls it a stew, but it's not a stew because there's no, it has that missing element, but it does have stew meat. <laughs> but I replaced um, potatoes, like like regular potatoes in the soup with um, sweet potatoes because that's a better carb. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. I was going to say, you should change the name of this podcast to Carol's Kitchen. <laughs> I know. This is very quickly turning into a, 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 cooking, a cooking podcast. Yeah. Welcome so. to Carol's Kitchen. Today we're making chili. <laughs> so some point. I guess that's a good time to transition to our espresso shot. Yes. Our espresso shot today comes from St. Jose Maria Escriva. Um, and this quote comes from a book, the, the last book that he actually wrote in his time called The Forge. But, but in it, he says... God is very pleased with those who recognize his goodness by reciting the Te Deum in Thanksgiving whenever something out of the ordinary happens, without caring whether it may have been good or bad, as the world reckons these things. Because everything comes from the hands of our Father, so though the blow of the chisel may hurt our flesh, it is a sign of love as he smooths off our rough edges and brings us closer to perfection. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's well. Yeah. That's. That's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Te Deum that he references, reciting the Te Deum that references yes. to you, O Lord, I think is what it is what it translates to <clears throat> from Latin. But in Thanksgiving, whenever something out of the ordinary happens, without caring if it's good or bad, mm-hmm. rejoicing in the Lord, in the good times and the bad times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I need to remind myself all the time mm-hmm. is that even in the bad, you can find the good. Yes. And there's a lot of goodness and beauty that can come from brokenness. Just like the line where he talks about, though the blow of the chisel may hurt our flesh. That is is something that really, really stuck out to me. Of just like when a sculptor is sculpting 
a rock or a piece of stone, like he has to break it. And it's not pretty at first. And when we're the rock, those blows of the chisel hurt and they're not easy to withstand, but it is necessary for the rock to become something that's beautiful, to become what the sculptor is trying to create. Makes me think of that image of the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, Jesus having the, the sheep around his, his neck and carrying it. And I was informed that in order for a shepherd to do that to a sheep, its legs have to be broken because mm-hmm. if the legs are not broken, the sheep will fight and kick the shepherd un- until the shepherd lets go. So when a shepherd is trying to bring a sheep back to its flock and it can't, when it does corral it, it has to break the sheep's legs as a sign that, well, not as a sign, but just as a way of helping it to get back to the flock because once your legs are broken, you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I was, when that was taught to me several years ago, I was like, interesting. I, yeah. I never knew that. I did not either. Yeah. It reminds me of like kind of um, when God humbles us to help us grow and get us back on track with um, where maybe we're getting off track and he's like, no. And he's just like, hey, here's here's some like, here's some humble pie or whatever. And it's, oh, okay. And then it's like, hey, let go. Like just release, relinquish all control, give it back to me and then yeah. it will get better. Yeah. That infamous word <laughs> relinquishment. Yeah, that's come up a lot in my vocabulary the last two years or so. That and forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness, especially a couple of years ago. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, then with that, Jake, Jake is going to kind of be our, our guest speaker today, or our co-host. And yeah. today, Jake's going to share a little bit of his story and just like, Jake, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, actually, because you'll do a better job than I will. Right, but, um... than everybody else, yes. So I'm Jake. I live in uh, Northwest Ohio. Um, not from here. I was uh, born in Eastern Pennsylvania, and my job brought me out here. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I love my job very much, even mm-hmm. in this pandemic times, mm-hmm. though they have the pandemic has made it difficult to be a teacher. It's <laughs> I find myself not having as many activities as I normally would mm-hmm. uh, like after school or whatnot but yet I'm still so busy and I, I can't really make sense of that but I really enjoy it and it's really been a blessing for me to to be in uh, just in the lives of my students and to see them grow and to see them become you know who God wants them to be so um, I guess where I'll take this story, or at least uh, part of my story, is <clears throat> I am single. I've been single for about two years, and I live alone. And that's been, especially when quarantine was happening for us back in March and April of last year, that was really hard. It was very hard to essentially be by myself. I, I, like, I live in a building with other residents, but everybody here really keeps themselves. Like Nobody really socializes with anyone which, you know, isn't bad, but there's really no sense of community. Mm-hmm. And there would be like, cause schools were closed. So I was teaching quote unquote teaching from home with like, you know, a zoom meeting once a week to just check in with some of the students. And I think another zoom meeting once a week to check in with some of the other teachers. So I would not leave 
my apartment for days. I think I went eight days where I didn't leave the apartment at all. Um, I I think I just left to take my car around the block. So it wasn't sitting in the same spot because it had been sitting there for like seven or eight days. Cause I I couldn't go anywhere. Like everything was closed. They said, stay home. And Mm -hmm. like, I was getting my groceries delivered to me, which is like, I can't believe we live in an era where like you can go on the internet and order groceries and have them delivered to you. It's just, (laughs) so that was a really difficult time for me because I consider myself an introvert (laughs) and I don't mind that title, but I still need interaction with other people. I still enjoy, I still like being around other people. Right. And not having that or just like all of a sudden having all of these things like lined up and then nothing was just like, okay, what do I do with myself? And it was very hard to just like wake up every day and see the same couple of rooms here in my apartment. That was it for quite a while. It wasn't, it wasn't until about late April. I think it was after Easter when I finally decided that let's go out a little bit because it started getting warmer and the sun was coming out. So because of the introvert in me and because of some other past experiences that I may touch on, it's, it's difficult for me to pursue relationships, romantic relationships, intimate relationships. Like I I've, I've struggled with uh, self-esteem issues. I've also Mm -hmm. had some other personal struggles as well that when they come up, in my life, it's like, I can't let this continue to be an issue mm-hmm. if I want to have a romantic relationship with someone. Right. And right before I moved to Ohio from Pennsylvania, I had just gotten out of a relationship that needed to end. It was not good. Nothing mm-hmm. against the, the, the young woman who I was with. It, it was just, we, we were not compatible. We, we could not work. <laughs> and it was a little easier for me than her Mm -hmm. But, you know, everyone deals with grief differently. So I moved here and I didn't really date at all for those first couple years that I lived here. And then about just over two years ago, um, this other young woman came into my life. My parish out here in Northwest Ohio has a, uh, a young adult group. And we would meet like once a week and talk about the gospel reading for the upcoming weekend. And it was good because that was actually something that I used in my classroom because I'm going on a side tangent here, but one of the things I never liked hearing was that Catholics don't read the Bible. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Oh, oh but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah. So yes. I was like, I don't, I don't like that. So we're going to read the Bible. So I always made sure to go to our Bible study so that I had something to present to the class. Well, uh, in, in the summer, Late, late, uh, later in the summer one year, this, this young lady showed up. She uh, was not from here. She was uh, going to be starting a, one of the grad programs or a graduate type program at the local university. And I remember very clearly that I intentionally avoided her for two months. She came every week that we had it. She came every week. And I never engaged her in conversation for two months. And you did that. So was there a reason why you just, you intentionally? There, there was this thought that I had in my mind that, and I don't know where this came from, but I kept having this thought, like, if you talk to her, <laughs> something's going to change. Oh, and I, I don't see. think you're going to like it. And it was yeah. weird. Cause I've never had, I've never had that kind of thought before, mm-hmm. but it's like, 
I, I was so, t- I was so like unsure about, cause mm-hmm. I'm a very unsure person. It's very hard for me to make like big decisions. Mm-hmm. It takes me a while yeah. to make big decisions. And I kept thinking like, she's been coming for four weeks. She's been coming for five weeks. I have said, like, I have not engaged her in conversation at all. She probably thinks I'm a weirdo because <laughs> I'm the only one who said nothing to her. And I'm there every week. I was, I would go every week. Every week yeah, I was there. I think that's a pretty reasonable thought. Like if I went to something and I get like, there was one person that like was always there and never spoke to me. I'd be like, mm-hmm. they don't like me. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, she's got to think that I'm a weirdo for not saying anything to her for the last like two months. So, so one day it was, um, was the end of September was the end of September. Uh, we had like a, a game night or something after the Saturday evening mass. And she was there. I went and I, I think I, I don't really remember like my thought process going in, but I was like, you need to talk to her because if you don't at this, then she's going to think that there's something wrong with you. So in the first instance, when I attempt to talk to her, which was actually within one of the games we were doing, I unintentionally insulted her by assuming something about the profession that she was going to be in, like a stereotype or something like that. And she gave me this look. It's like, um, no, actually. And I was like, well, then there goes that. Oh, no. <laughs> My first conversation with this woman. And I just insulted her. And I felt... <clears throat> I did feel bad, but I, I tried to not let it bother me because it would have made the night go really weird. So when we wrapped up, I tried to like catch her as, as I was leaving and I apologized. I said, I'm, I'm sorry about that, mm-hmm. um, what I said. And then she looked at me and said, oh, I was kidding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a sarcastic person in general. And so like, you know, my family is not sarcastic at all. So sometimes I have to ask people if they're being sarcastic or not, because I'm not very good at judging it. Mm -hmm. So apparently she was being sarcastic, but anyway, we, I thought I followed her. That sounds weird. I followed her to her car and we're talking about, you know, just things or whatnot. And the time went by and we must've been there for like, maybe two hours just talking. Wow. Yeah. So thankfully it was a nice night. So it wasn't like raining or anything. So. I love um, those conversations where it does take that long. Then you're like, you know what? They're, they're cool. Yeah. So I said like, could we maybe like do this again? Like hang out again Mm -hmm. sometime? And, and she's like, sure. So I think about a week later, uh, we went for a walk together and we're just talking about, you know, you know, nothing really that prophetic, I guess you could say. And we did that. We kept doing that for about a month. And every box metaphor, every metaphorical box Mm -hmm. that exists for like my ideal future spouse was being checked off. Hmm. I mean, it was like, this is it. This is it. She is clearly the person. She is clearly the person. Like everything, everything. Mm-hmm. So we 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 made it official, I guess. Yeah, put a, um, was... define the relationship. Yes. So we we defined the relationship around. I think it was a little before Thanksgiving, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and we went out. I went over to her place where she was staying. She came over here. She was doing work for her for her classes. I think I might have been doing some schoolwork, maybe grading. I don't remember what it was, and. 
it was great. I mean, it was honestly like I was really discerning that this is it. I think she's going to be the one. And the new year came, January came. Mm-hmm. And actually about two years ago, as, we're, as we are recording this, two years ago exactly, as we are wow. recording this, just about, she came over one night and said, I don't think I can continue in this relationship. You are clearly more invested than I am. And oh, um, no. I don't feel like I can give you what you deserve. After she gave her little spiel, we kind of sat there for, because I was in shock. Like this hit me out of left field. Like mm-hmm. I had no clue this was coming. Right. I kind of sat there for about 20 minutes. And then the first thing I said, which is something I always say, even though I, people tell me not to, because I just feel like if I say this, it helps. I, I just said, I'm sorry. And she was like, what are you sorry for? And I'm like, I just, I, I don't remember if I said, that's what I had. I feel like that's what I have to say. But I was confused. I was, like I said, blindsided. I was just, what, 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 mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. So she left. The last thing she said to me, which I still remember, was a quote from St. Catherine of Siena, I think. And mm-hmm. it was, be the person who God created you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. That was one of the last things she said to me before she left. And as soon as she left, I came back inside and I immediately called my parents and I called the music minister at my church because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he and I were about the same age and we, we bond over a couple stuff. So, yeah. um, and then five days later, I was in a car accident. No, <gasps> the worst week ever. Oh, oh my gosh. That's, that's so awful. rough. <laughs> which, which totaled my car. Oh no! Dave. So yeah, uh, twenty nineteen did twenty nineteen did not start out nice for me. <laughs> no, I guess not. It doesn't sound like it. So yeah, that was re that the car accident was <laughs> the car accident was what really I don't want to say sent me spiraling, mm-hmm. but it really was like God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. how does this make sense? Like, I don't, what? I couldn't put words together. Mm -hmm. I couldn't put words together. That was honestly like some of the lowest that I felt in my life in a long time. I've had low moments. That was definitely a low moment. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, like once the car accident happened, I just lost desire to do pretty much anything. Um, One of my hobbies is photography. Um, mm-hmm. big into trains. Yeah. I didn't do any of that for about two months. Yeah. One of my other hobbies is writing. I don't think I wrote mm-hmm. a whole lot at all. I pretty much busied myself with school mm-hmm. and all of my um, IRL friends around here and whatever else I could do. I just remember thinking as long as I'm not at home, I'm happy. Like I would come home from school and be like, I can't wait to leave here. Hmm. I, I could not be in my apartment. I was afraid what would happen to me. I was afraid I would do something. I don't know what I was afraid that I would do. I was just, the idea of being alone was just so hard for me. So now there's, there's an interesting kind of twist to this story. 
less than a week before she left, less than a week before she left, I was over at her apartment. And obviously, since we were dating, I had shared with her some of my own personal struggles, like my self-esteem and a couple other personal struggles as well. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I had been really for years, really trying to put a cap on it because it was something that I knew was an issue, something that I knew that uh, was just not helping me become the best version of myself. And in order to help me overcome this, there was something that I needed to purchase that would have helped me to overcome this. And I kept telling her that I was going to, I was going to, I was going to, and it kind of became one of those tropes that I fell into that it's like, yeah, I will. I'm just not ready yet. I will. I'm just not ready yet. So this particular night she asked, like, did you, did you buy the thing yet that I asked or that, that you said, like you were going to buy? And I said, I haven't yet. I'm going to. And she kind of turned her chair and looked me square in the eye. And I can't say what she said because Mm -hmm. A, I don't remember what it was (laughs) and it's not appropriate what she said, but I'm glad she did because it called me out. Mm -hmm. She's basically what she said was, I, I care about you enough that I want you to be free of this. I want you to get this thing that's going to help you mm-hmm. get better at this particular thing. And in that moment, it was one of those things where I could just literally go on the internet and buy it. It was like, you know, very simple. And in that moment, I did it. After she gave her spiel, I had my computer, I went and I bought it. And immediately, it was so weird because I've never had a feeling like this before. Immediately after I bought it, there was this, this overwhelming feeling that was like, what have you just done? Hmm. I don't want to say it was dread. I don't want to say it was fear. I don't want to say it was excitement, mm-hmm. but it was almost like if you're playing a video game where you can like make decisions with the characters yeah. and you choose one decision, it says like, you know, such and such has been updated where you change the course of the, the particular character's gameplay in the story. That's almost kind of like what it felt with me. It was almost like I changed the course of what my future was going to be. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like buyer's remorse, but for like mm-hmm. emotional, right. like the emotional version of buyer's remorse. Right. Right. So this feeling hung with me for maybe a day and a half. And I was really kind of like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? I know it was right, but it doesn't feel right. Then less than a week later, she left. And then, and then she broke up with you. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think about that. I think about mm. one of the things that I think about, I think about a lot of things. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things <laughs> is, did God put her in my life just so that would happen? Mm-hmm. Was she his conduit for me to do that? Right. Because when she left, like I could have easily just said, you know, forget this. I don't need this. I, I don't want to try it. But I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I kept with it. And in fact, it was because of getting that help, that thing that I needed, yeah. that I really started looking at the rest of my life and saying, what else do I own? Or what else is like around me? that's not helping me become the best version of myself. So one of the things that I did was I did get rid of some physical things that I had. Mm -hmm. 
But one of the things that I did do was I stopped following certain people on Twitter. Okay. And I started following, because I, 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 was, I was following a few Catholic people. I think the one person I remember following very early on was Jason Everett. The, yeah. He's a Catholic speaker, for those of you listening who don't know. He's a Catholic speaker. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of um, like youth, young people talks about chastity and stuff like that. Great, great. I've seen a couple of his recorded talks. He's got some fantastic oh, content I've seen him in. I've seen him in person. Really Have good. you? Yes. Yeah. Um, after he had kids too. Yeah. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's spoken at the mm-hmm. university here a couple of times. So I think I was following him and somebody, I don't know if somebody, if he retweeted something or if he replied to somebody, but I looked at it and it was another, it was a, a, a young woman. She was mm-hmm. from Florida. She was Catholic. And that's kind of what her for lack of a better way to put it, that's kind of what her brand was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She was Catholic. And I was like, because you know how you follow someone and then it gets like, you know, it gives yeah. you recommended people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was like, Oh, and then I would look at some of the, I think I would look at some of those. I'm like, Oh, the, look at these other Catholics. And then I soon found out that, Oh, there's priests. Oh, there's sisters. Oh, oh I love like, that. <laughs> what I have like, I just what, stumbled into? <laughs> what on earth is all of this? The sisters of St. Paul are my favorite. <laughs> and and slowly by about, I want to say about the summer of 2019, I had completely changed the look of my Twitter. I, I revamped my Twitter completely by the summer of 2019, where with the exception of a few individuals, the couple people who I do know in real life who are on Twitter, which are not many. (laughs) um, I completely turned my Twitter around Mm -hmm. and I was really, really trying to dig in to this new Catholic Twitter that I had found. And as everything does, it happens slowly. Mm -hmm. And I was following people like uh, some of you may know the happy priest, uh, Father Cassidy. Mm -hmm. I was following him. Yeah, some of you may know um, Meg. I think she goes by Red Ten Meg on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Red Meg, yeah. Yeah, I was following her. I think Riley, Meg, and mm-hmm. Riley are friends too. Um, I think I was. Fo- I think I followed Riley. They were some of the first people that I started following. And it was from that that community that I found the even smaller community mm-hmm. that I know the two of you from. Yes. Because Meg tweeted something out about that mm-hmm. and I was like well I'll check this out yeah. and I've I haven't left yet <laughs> <laughs> but now to, to bring to bring it full circle to bring it full mm-hmm. circle had that relationship not ended mm-hmm. I don't want to say with absolute certainty but I want to say with a strong feeling right that I would not be talking to the two of you today no you wouldn't that is true. I mean, ninety percent chance it's a no that you would mm-hmm. not be. We would never have met. Yep. You wouldn't be on this podcast now. <laughs> right. I wouldn't even know it was a thing. Right. No. I wouldn't know what half the stuff that I learned from Twitter. I wouldn't know what it means to. What I've learned a lot from being on Twitter over the last year and a half. I've learned. <laughs> is um, that a good thing also, or a bad thing? <laughs> well, I, I've learned like proper like protocol. I guess Uh-oh. maybe. Like, um, well, I've also learned other things about the mass. Well, here's the thing. Like, I learned that there's 
I, I learned about SSPX. Oh, Never heard yeah. of that before. Never heard of that before. Didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. So, so, but had you not, had you not gone through those, those struggles and those trials, like that wouldn't have driven you to rely more on your faith and, mm-hmm. and search that um, via mm-hmm. Twitter. And that's what, that's what drove you in a sense and opened up the door to this community. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so kind of like read, like, cause you curated a new Twitter for yourself, like a new timeline essentially yeah i mean i kept everything the same like everything yeah. is the same from what it has been since i made it back yeah whenever i made it i mean i was um, able to curate mine so that i don't see discourse like i yeah, see all I, the fun stuff i don't see discourse and i'm like i don't know how i do it but i don't really see a lot of the discourse either mm-hmm. yeah i see yeah. that there is some yeah <laughs> Or that the, it's happening. People are commenting mm-hmm. about the discourse, but I can't yeah. see the actual, the exactly. actual discourse. Well, yeah. I, can, I don't even see the comments on the discourse. Though. Like I'll just see like sometimes like the most I'll see is like, oh yeah, the discourse. There's discourse today, and I'm like, I have a pretty happy life here. Like I did a good job on my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it sounds like this. Like it really drove you to. I guess, broaden your Catholic circle, especially on Twitter. Because here's the thing. I was looking for a new community. I was looking for something new, like, especially like starting like last fall, uh, Mm -hmm. like fall 2019 specifically. Um, I, cause it was just stagnant. Like I I was not really meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And I know some people will say, well, go on those dating sites. I don't like dating sites. I know that's how people meet these days, but I just, the thought of telling my future children, God willing, that I met their mother on the internet just does not sit well with me. <laughs> Are you talking about well, that's so romantic? Well, think about all the, all the engaged couples from Catholic Twitter. <laughs> but, oh, and, and, you know, that's another struggle I have is mm-hmm. many, many, not all, but mm-hmm. many of my IRL friends are married now yeah and they weren't when i moved here Mm -hmm. and that's really been difficult because it's like i'm still here yeah i still i still want to do stuff but i know that marriage is a new new commitment and Mm -hmm. i don't want to feel like or be like that guy but sometimes i feel like i need to be that guy Mm -hmm. and and i really really want to be happy for my married friends i really do but it's so challenging. I feel like that's why I'm not on Facebook much anymore because oh, a lot of my I'm IRL friends. On, I'm almost never on Facebook anymore. And I actually just talked last week about how I am currently dealing with jealousy of my married friends. It's like, cause one of my friends, um, I was talking to her about my sad girl hours that I was having. I'm like, Hey, I'm having some sad girl hours. And then she was, um, but like she's like oh yeah my husband and i and our kids are about to settle in for a movie and some cozy time and like about an hour i'm just like our lives are just very mm-hmm. different she's like yeah. yeah i'm like i'm like i'm very happy for you but uh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy next. they're in you know committed loving marriages yeah you know, that's what we want for our friends mm-hmm. that that doesn't mean it's going to be easy for those of us who almost are, who are almost 30 yeah Yes. And it's kind of like watching people live your dreams that you're like, okay, those are my dreams and I'm not there yet. Yep. 
and yeah. that's hard that's really hard yeah. I had, I and had that's, to cry about that yesterday <laughs> yeah. and that's that's really been a struggle for me especially in the last like year and a half or so is you know desiring to be happy for my married friends but at the mm-hmm. same time you know like about a year just over a year ago I was looking for a new community because mm-hmm. like our the one I was in was not really getting anywhere and I had I met a guy for lunch back when you could go into a restaurant without having to worry and uh, I had I had lunch with this guy just saying like I'm looking for something new I'm looking to like expand my horizons and he gave me some options uh, but it really wasn't what I was looking for mm-hmm. and then quarantine yeah. and all of a sudden I'm alone yeah but it was like I was in the middle of prayer one night and it was if like the, the light bulb moment that they talk about in teaching yeah. where it's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You already have this community. <laughs> it's online. Uh-huh. And it's one of those moments where it's like, where it's like, you know, I kind of like look up at the sky or I look up at the ceiling. Like I'm looking uh-huh. up at God and I say, you think you're so funny. Don't you? <laughs> you think yeah. you are so funny. I have those moments too, where I'm like, your, your jokes aren't that good. God. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad thinks you're funny but mm, your jokes aren't quite my taste <laughs> maybe in essenti- hindsight it'll be funnier <laughs> exactly yeah. but essentially that's that's what it was yeah i now had this catholic twitter community that i just flung myself into and it stuck yeah. and i'm still here yeah happy to have you yeah Yeah. i'm happy to be here it's you know it's great meeting people like you you guys um and everybody else everybody else from the community as well yeah i i think what it is is that i've never been surrounded by people who are so supportive like even in real life like Mm -hmm. i like my friends out here are great people and they're supportive but i feel like the members of our community on twitter are really intentional about it. Really yes. intentional about it. Yes. They hit it out of the ballpark. They really do. Yeah. And it, I think it's just like, if you would have told me even, because I'm pretty new to like the Catholic Twitter world as well. Same. If you would have told me even two years ago that some of my closest and friends that I hold dear to my heart are going to be people that I actually haven't even met in real life yet. Yeah. I would have laughed in your face. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jake, um, because you mentioned after this breakup and, you know, in that busyness of your life, you tried to like keep yourself busy so that you didn't have to be home by yourself alone, because that is, that is hard because I think as humans, as people, we long for human connection and that's like whoever you are, like we want to be known. We want to be loved we desire a human connection and you felt like maybe that was something you were struggling with, Mm -hmm. especially right after your breakup. So after you discovered this weird Catholic Twitter world, how, and then, and then the pandemic hit and we're all alone in our apartments because (laughs) that's what you like. You can't go anywhere. Like you said, how's that, has that helped you in a sense, like with that loneliness Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can only help to some degree, but I, I feel like what's ha- what's what's really hard is that I still have like things I'm doing here that I would normally do in real life, mm-hmm. with the exception of teaching. 
most everything is via Zoom or some sort of video sharing program, whatever that is. And it's a different feel when it's people that I know in real life than when it's with the, with the people from Catholic Twitter, because I'm so used to seeing my in real life community in real life, not on a computer, not through Zoom or Google Meets, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree with that. It's easier to do stuff with people from Twitter because we live all over the place. Right. We have, we have people in Iowa. We have people in Alaska. You know, we have people <laughs> all over the place, Texas and California. So I feel like that's made it easier on me, but also like reaching out and connecting either through like a personal Zoom call or a phone call even, mm-hmm. um, or even just like, you know, DMs on Twitter with certain specific people, certain yeah. specific individuals. And like, cause like you can be a part of community, part of a community and know each and every person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of how I feel about like my high school graduating class. Like I didn't have that big of a high school and my high school graduating class wasn't that big. And I knew everybody I graduated with, but I didn't have like a personal relationship with all of them, but I knew them. Mm-hmm. So like I can know people from this community yeah. But I don't need to have a personal re- personal relationship with all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that make any, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So then in those moments of just like, you know, when you were trying to keep busy, but I'm sure those quiet moments happened when you were mm-hmm. alone and yeah. you had to kind of sit in those negative emotions and maybe that, yeah. that worry and anxiety. What did you try to do? in those moments to help yourself, like to try yeah, and like, okay. And like cope. Hmm. I feel like this is interesting. I feel like I approached this particular situation a lot better than I would have even three years ago, even mm-hmm. two years ago. Um, granted this whole, this all of this happened two years ago. One of, one of the things that my spiritual director has tried to get me better at accepting is that it is okay to be mad at God. Yeah. It is okay to say, God, I hate that you're making me do this. I really Mm do. Yeah. I know it's going to help me, but I hate it. Like they're very good at reminding me, like, it's okay to be mad at God. Mm -hmm. He's, he's doing that for a purpose. He's doing that. He's pushing you out of that circle. He's pushing you off that small cliff, not big cliff, small cliff Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, refine you to make you into the person that he wants you to be you're mm-hmm. not gonna like it no right? you're it's, not it's the equivalent it's the equivalent of a parent telling their young child don't touch the stove when it's on yeah so i feel like if i would go back if i would go back would i do anything different i don't think i would i think the only thing that i would do and this is more of just i'm somebody who has lots of questions asks a lot of questions yeah especially when something happens that doesn't make sense and I want to understand, I think if I could, I would ask her, why? Was there a purpose to beginning this? If, uh, did you know from the beginning that you weren't going to be able to commit? If you did, then why did you say yes? You know, kind of uh, those, kind of those questions. Right but, right. but here's, but here's the other thing. Like, I don't think about this stuff anymore. I don't think about that because funny enough, my parish, immediately after all this happened, during Lent that year, their focus during Lent was on forgiveness. 
<laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't wanna. <laughs> I love, but I just love this pure raw reaction. Like this is like so real. Instead of like the like, oh, well, like yeah, we're gonna forget. It's like no, and that's something that we have to overcome sometimes. But it's like our initial reaction is like, eh. <laughs> and no, I'm I, mad. I worked through the because it was a program. It was like for like three three days in Lent, like it was like three Mondays or three Wednesdays in Lent, they went through a portion of this booklet talking about the steps to forgiveness. And I still have the the cards. I don't have them readily available with me now, but it was like the, I think it was like five steps or five pillars or something to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I, I still have it. I haven't had to refer to it because I haven't really needed to forgive anybody lately because nothing <laughs> has happened to me to require that. <laughs> but it was something that I would go back to and be like, you know, God, I want to forgive her. I don't want this to, I don't want this to be a grudge that I'm going to hold for years. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like I have forgiven her. Does yeah. that mean I still have questions? Yes. But, and Father Mike Schmitz has a fantastic video about forgiveness. And I've shown it to my students. I might've shown it to my parents. I can't remember. But he talks about how forgiveness, and this is big for me. Forgiveness doesn't mean you're no longer hurt. You can still be hurting and yet you can still forgive. Mm -hmm. Because forgiveness is, as I think he puts it in the video, is releasing the person of what is owed to you. He talks about counting the cost. He talks about what it cost, what, what your decision, the thing that, how you wronged me, what that cost me, mm. whether it's trust, whether it's a future, whether it's something else. He talks about that and he says, forgiveness releases them of what they owe to you. And mm. I watched, I think I watched that in the midst of going through that. And because so often I've thought, and I think a lot of people feel this, like in order to forgive someone, you need to not feel bad about it anymore. Maybe that's just me, mm -hmm. but. I think that that is encouraged to not feel bad about it. But for me, I'm not, I'm not a fan of like, cause I think at some point, you know, it's like you've been released, but if you don't feel bad about it anymore, mm -hmm. but it's, I, I personally struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you, um, so when you were going through those hard times of, you know, like where you were not okay for a while, mm -hmm. um, did you struggle? Did you, did you share that with people or did you just kind of struggle with that a little bit interiorly? I'm a very like interior struggling person. I don't like to let people know <clears throat> when I'm hurting. <laughs> um, but in this case, I did reach out to people. <clears throat> the difficulty with it this was very difficult. And this is still one of the difficult things was that she was around for such a small amount of time that no one really was able to form a, a like a friendship with her. Mm. So uh. I couldn't really go to anyone to talk with them about her because they didn't really know her story. They didn't really know much about her. I was kind of the only person who really knew about her, who mm. really knew her story who really knew like the stuff that she, that she went through um, because she was, she left and then she stopped coming to our Bible study. She stopped coming to, to church at my parish. Mm -hmm. And I tried reaching out to her about two months later and I could clearly tell that she did not want to talk to me. 
Sure. And, and that was the last I heard from her. And I have not heard from her since then. Hmm. How long was she around for? Uh, it was about August to January. Right. So about just those few months that you were, that yep. she came into the group and then you guys had dated and then, yep. and then it was over. Um, yep. that's, but that, that does sound like a slightly significant chunk of time though. And especially if you, if you shared with her that particular struggle that you were mm-hmm. going through and she was trying to help you mm-hmm. with that, that kind of vulnerability is very, it makes a big impact, especially mm-hmm. if it's something yeah, if it's something that you're trying to work through, it's obviously very something that's very meaningful mm-hmm. and that you were trying to work at yourself and she was helping you do that. But that makes that makes an impact. That's it doesn't matter how much time right. was involved. Like it was a very emotional connection that you had with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not like I said, no one else in our group that was a part of this really had the chance to get to know her. I was right. really kind of the only person who did. So right. it was difficult to go to people and talk to them about her because they would say, I don't really know her that well. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that, uh, I don't really like that response just because I don't think that you have to know somebody well just to be able to listen to somebody talk and empathize mm-hmm. and be like, hey, yeah, that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at the same time, I could see, you know, if they didn't know her, but also like, cause Jake, you're not someone who's going to sit around and bash somebody. Like you're not that kind of a person. (laughs) I try to not be that person. Well, right. And so, you know, it's hard because you, you know, like they didn't know her and you also don't want to speak of her in a way that would slander is the word that's coming to mind right now. That's the word coming to my head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, you don't, you don't want to give off a bad impression (laughs) of her, even what, no matter what. So Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a hard thing to sit with. That's a hard thing to struggle with. Because you, yeah, you really were on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when you say that you were angry, so you mentioned that you were angry at God, or that yes. you, you, your spiritual director said that it was okay to feel angry at God. The first time I heard that, it's okay to be angry at God. I was like, nah, what? <laughs> no, that's no. no. It took me a while to come around to the idea of just being angry at God in general. It's okay to feel anger. It's kind of like how I told my nanny kids, like, I understand that you're sad. You can, and you can cry and you can be upset about it. That's fine. Feel those feelings. Um, it's okay to feel emotion, that anger. Um, what you do about it is a different story. Right. Um, so what, how did you process like being angry at God? <laughs> I have to think about that because it's okay. been a while. Yeah, sure. Well, that's uh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it was more of frustration mm-hmm. is that why on earth would you take somebody who was like, I think it was more, most of like, like, you, you know, I'm discerning with this woman. Mm-hmm. You know that my desire is to have a family, that I would love to have a family mm-hmm. of my own this girl, this girl was checking every box Mm -hmm. and then you take her away. Did you tell her that? I think we did. I think we had a conversation at, at, we we definitely talked about family stuff. Mm -hmm. We definitely talked about family stuff because 
she would have been in a profession that was making significantly more money than Mm -hmm. I will ever make. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So she was, she was asking like, is that going to be a problem for you? And I was like, I would not be in this if it was a problem. I Uh fully support women having careers. Sure. That can happen. So it definitely came up. Okay. And I think it was, it was more of just me trying to make sense about, I was discerning this. Everything seemed right. Why is she gone? Mm-hmm. And then I would take that to people and I would even like see this online. It's like, well, God was keeping you from his best. And I just wanted to say, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of stuff yeah. we want people to say on here. Just like, shut up. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear that right now. Because right. people do You're say not- weird things to us. That is just like, you know what? Just go stuff it. <laughs> and they're so well-intentioned, but it's just like, think a little bit more. <laughs> think a little they bit more. They are well-intentioned. I get yeah. that they're well-intentioned. Or like, you know, the whole you dodged a bullet thing. And I'm like, how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice idea. Maybe I will consider that once things calm right. down. <laughs> right. Well, I one time had somebody, so I like talked about like having like the joy of being dragged around a playground by my niece, who's a toddler. And someone said, wait till it's your turn. Wait till it's your kid. I'm just like, I don't know if that will be my turn. Mm. Yeah. And that's like, it was like, it was so well intended. I'm like, Ooh, that's something I did not know would be a hit sore mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is last week, Maura and I talked about how sometimes, you know, like you, you, okay. So you had mentioned that, you know, why, why God did you show me this woman? if it wasn't meant to be you know, mm-hmm. what I thought it was going to be or what we were working toward. And last week, Maura and I kind of touched on the idea that sometimes God introduces people to us, not because they have the end game, but it's mm-hmm. more of a stepping stone. Yeah. And like, yeah. they kind of help form you, like the experience of being with them and after them forms you to be who you need to become. And I've, mm-hmm. that is something that I've thought mm-hmm. of it specifically because there was such a short amount of time between the conversation mm-hmm. regarding my personal struggle and yeah. the time that she left. And that's something that's really been on my mind, not a whole lot, but it was a lot after it all happened. Mm-hmm. It was like, was, was she just somebody that God was using to help me? Mm-hmm. Like a means to an end. Exactly. Yeah. A stepping stone, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like someday it'll all make sense I feel I hope like that's my hope in life like when things like this happen because it is a struggle I can't imagine going through Jake I can't imagine going through something like that and then (laughs) and then I totaled my (laughs) car car like that's a lot and thankfully thankfully the car accident was not my fault (laughs) it would have been worse if it was but thankfully both both of us were okay Mm -hmm. somebody just wasn't Mm -hmm. watching backing out of a driveway and they backed in front of me and i hit them they were fine everything but what was not fine was going through the process of the insurance literally the next day the (laughs) next day i got six forms in the mail from lawyers that was like like, don't be afraid to call if you have questions. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I want nothing to do with you people. It's oh, like, no. and somehow, somehow they were, I think I even got some phone calls, but I had a pile of paperwork on the floor next to my desk from all of these lawyers, like saying, you know, you may be entitled to compensation or something like that. It's like, 
I don't care. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it has been a long week. <laughs> I don't talk to you. Uh-huh. It's yeah. It's hard to sit in the in in that frustration and just like in those struggles and those dark moments. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, trying- there, were, there were other things that happened that week. I mean, the next day, so she left. The next day at school, I had a kid get sick in class. Like, that was not fun. And then later on that weekend, I found out a very good friend of mine was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, so boy, that's that is a rough that is a rough time. That's... Yeah, it was it was a bunch of a bunch of stuff being thrown at me at once. Yeah, I I would like to think, but I'm an optimist. I would like to think that. When those moments happen, something that tries in my attempt to like keep going and to keep pushing through is to say to myself, like, someday this is all going to be hindsight. Someday Mm -hmm. it's all going to make sense. I don't think everything absolutely will make sense in this in this life. Um, There are plenty Mm -hmm. of I've got a list of questions that I have for when I get up there on my judgment day, (laughs) things that I want answers to that don't make sense to me the the this the trials and the hardships that you had to endure and go through will have a purpose because I don't know it doesn't make sense otherwise Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in life and I tell my students this there's a lot of things in life that don't make sense there's a lot of things in life that aren't fair Mm -hmm. yep and when those things happen you just have to roll with the punches you have to deal with it I love that you tell them that because I think that's yeah. something that people need. I mean, it's like you you want to preserve their childhood as for as long as you can, but also you want to help like prepare them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like guys, not everything's going to go your way. <laughs> not everything is going to, you're not going to win everything that you try to do. You're not going to be the best at everything you try to do. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you shouldn't try. That yeah. doesn't right. mean you shouldn't give your best effort. Yes. Yes. But just know that life hands you some stuff. Yeah. And the other thing I tell them, and the other thing I tell them, and this will be the last piece of advice maybe for me, is that (laughs) give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You don't know other people's story. You don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make this about me, but I feel like a lot of the issues that I have now, like my low Mm self-esteem, which I'm getting better at, realizing is that I'm, that I do have worth. I'm getting better at realizing that. I feel like a lot of the, those things that I struggle with now would not be struggles had people given me the benefit of the doubt. Ah, okay. That had makes- people given me a chance, had people given me like, you know, he's not that bad of a guy. He's not that bad of a kid. So, because yeah. nobody knows everyone else's story. You don't know what everybody goes home to every day. And that's what I need to remember when I go into school every day. It's like, I don't know what these kids have going on at home. I don't know what home mm-hmm. life is like. Yeah. I don't know, you know, and I want to, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. That's such a great reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for this week on, so just in closing for our grounds to cover for this week, um, <laughs> <laughs> grounds to cover. Um, the lowest form of comedy in my life. I don't, I don't love puns in general, but I love coffee puns. Um, <laughs> I'm going to Google uh, coffee puns and I'll DM them to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
with our espresso shot, our Jose Maria Escriba quote, maybe just the next time that you're going through, like you're really feeling the chisel and it's hard to suffer through the blows of the chisel, which is God bringing you to more perfection. I know something that helps me when I struggle is to think of someone specific that you can offer that up for, like that, that struggle and that, and, and that suffering. I am much more brave at offering it up for somebody else than I am and just like trying to like be strong and brave through it. And then I think it's really important, especially in this time of pandemic where everybody is kind of feeling the struggle of being alone, being very stressed. There's a lot to be anxious about. There's a lot to worry about. I think I think sharing that, just tell someone. It's okay to say, it's okay to admit it. I had to learn that this year. Like, it's okay to admit that you're not okay. Share that with someone. Can I get that on a t-shirt, please? It's okay to admit you're not okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay to admit that you're not okay. Give yourself permission. (laughs) Give yourself permission to not be okay. Also, check in on your friends. Even Mm -hmm. if like, you know, because like, you know, I think about you, Jake, when you were, you were saying how hard it was for you to be at home. I think just like if someone would have just like checked in just to say, hey, how are you? How are things going? Yeah. Even even if you would choose not like in that moment, mm-hmm. I, I try to put on a brave face as well. Even in that moment, if you don't admit, like if someone, it's kind of like when, so, when you're in passing and someone tries to say like, hey, how are you? Like they're not asking you really to dump out in that moment. Sometimes I am brave enough to dump it. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> things are rough. <laughs> oh, you're actually telling me the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, I just, I, like, I would check in with my family and whatnot, but that's, mm-hmm. I feel like it's different because, you know, I love my parents very much and my sister and the little bit of extended family that I do have, but it's different when it's people that are not related to you. It's different yeah. when it's, you know, yeah. people in your community and stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. I know that it was rough for me because I um my friends a lot of them are married um they were not terribly impacted and some of them it was more of a gift from God and they forgot that other people were struggling and that was hard for me because they actually forgot that I was having a hard time Mm -hmm. and they're like oh why why are you feeling this way I'm like are you really asking me why (laughs) what (laughs) Oh, like no. you literally forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it just means a lot when people like, I love it when I just get, hey, how are you texts? Like, are you I doing love okay? those. I like, love those. <laughs> it's intentional. And you're like, you, you do. You, you care. <laughs> I find I, sometimes I find like if I have a friend that maybe I haven't spoken to in a while, just like randomly pop into my head. I feel like that's a, like a little yeah. nudge from God saying, hey, just you know, you haven't talked to them in a while. Maybe just like check in and see how they're doing. You never know. Like you can make someone's day. You can be mm-hmm. that bright spot. Might be the only bright spot in there. Yeah. Or like I've had people that are like, hey, you're going through a tough time. If mm-hmm. you need someone to talk to, you can call me. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. I really need someone to like mm-hmm. talk to on the phone. Yeah. Well, Jake, it's been great having you on and you're going to be back. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I'd love to come back. We would love to have you back. <laughs> We'd Jake, love to have you back. <laughs> Jacob, do you want to talk? Do you want to share some of your other projects that you do for people who might be interested? Yeah. So back to the, the cooking thing. 
I have two YouTube channels. One of them is, I mentioned my photography hobby. I also video, I'm also into videography of trains and railroad related content. You can find that on the YouTube at BNSF, all lowercase, and then 7562 uh, numbers. Uh, and then I'm Jake K also on, uh, on YouTube. There's, that's my other channel mm-hmm. where I uh, do various things, vlogs, stuff like that. Most notably, uh, or one of my favorite things to do is my cooking show, What's for Dinner. I'm rebranding this year and oh, I'm very wow. excited to be debuting. I think by the time this goes live, the first episode will have already been out. So there's a new logo. There's some new theme music and uh, that a friend of mine wrote and a friend, another friend created the logo. Uh, both of them are some IRL friends and uh, I'm very excited to begin the, the new season. I do a, the cooking episode, What's for Dinner, goes up the last Thursday of each month. Typically, sometimes I make exceptions, uh, but typically it's the last Thursday of each month. Uh, one of those will go up. And videos are usually, I usually have videos on that channel like almost every Thursday. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm in a not so good mood, it's pretty much, it's a little less, mm-hmm. so. But uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, spiritsside8101. I think it's spirits. Yeah, spiritsside8101 on Twitter. So you can follow me there as well if you want to. Awesome. And we will link all those in our description Mm -hmm. um, for the podcast for you guys who are interested in following Jake. And you should because he is awesome and wholesome. And we need a little (laughs) bit more of Jake jake in our lives oh boy <laughs> not too much now oh my my, e- my ego will get too big oh. well jake it has been so good to chat with you thank you so much for sharing your story um yeah. for your honesty and that vulnerability um hopefully someone who listens can gain identify or like gain something yeah um, i feel like sharing is what also helps me yeah. because mm-hmm. talking about it allows me to hear it and it allows me to work through it, but it also can help someone else. Yeah, exactly. So. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jake. We really appreciate it. All right. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any ideas of things that you want to hear about that you're interested in, or if you want to tell us what you think of the podcast so far, or even if you just want to say, hey, you can find us on Twitter at at carol underscore podcast, or you can email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Have a great week, guys. We'll catch you next time.